This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Great, Frank Sinatra for a little bit. Actually, and Dion didn't even know this, this is the 20th anniversary of Mr. Sinatra's passing. I knew that. You did, yeah, obviously. But it does play into our next story because we're going to be talking about gambling. Welcome back to uh, Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. By a 6-3 to three vote, the Supreme Court said that the 1992 law preventing sports gambling in many states was unconstitutional, and that opens the door for states to decide whether or not sports betting will be legal in their particular jurisdictions. But the ruling by the Supreme Court now throws it into the hands of those individual states to call on those rulings. It could very well be the opening to see many states open up sports betting, one being New Jersey, which actually has a facility built at Monmouth Park in North Jersey, ready to go, and they expect it to be open in the next few weeks. Joining us to discuss this, Andrew Brandt, who is a NFL business analyst for ESPN, and you hear him on the website, the MondayMorningQuarterback.com, the MMQB.com. He's also director of the Center for Sports Law at Villanova University. He joins us, as does Richard McGowan, who's an associate professor of practice in the finance department at Boston College. Andrew, Richard, as always, great to have you with us today. Thank you both. Nice to be here. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Um, Andrew, I think a lot of people were expecting that this was going to be coming down the pike or we were going to see it at, at some point. But the, the, the amount of revenue that potentially we were talking about here is staggering. The expectations over the next five years alone, we could be looking at a $6 billion business. Yeah, it's interesting. This is something where the Supreme Court took this case for a reason, and we found out yesterday what that reason was. Obviously, it's not really a sports case in technical terms. It's more yeah. of a states' rights case, but the impact is going to be phenomenal. Listen, every league, every every business associated with sports knows this. Gambling is an incredible, incredible fan engagement tool. People are watching games where they have zero rooting interest for one reason and one reason only. That's gambling. And that is something leagues know will help monetize and will help bring interest to their games. The question is how to monetize, and the question is can they control it? The ruling shifts the leverage paradigm from the leagues who are in control to more the states, and that's what we watch next. Richard? Well, I, th- I mean, for the for the, I think some of the revenue things are well well overblown. But I mean, like I've heard that over 160 billion dollars, and I just if you if you compare it even with Great Britain, now I'll grant you the British, but and you compare the, the, the I would probably say the entire market's probably more around 80 billion more than than some of the other figures you're hearing. But certainly okay. for the states, for for tax purposes. And as as Andrew just pointed out, it's going to be. I think the states are going to want to control this too. They're going to want to keep the revenues to themselves, and so that's what's going to be. That's going to be the more fascinating part about how when the, when the legislatures turn around, do they give it to their lotteries to, to run? Yeah. 
do they give it to private individuals, give it to casinos, what? I mean, uh, for the casinos, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, if you ever look at the book in Las Vegas, it's less than 5% of their revenue. So that, that's not – but if if the states take it and put it on their lotteries, and like Pennsylvania, where you are right now, Pennsylvania is, is talking about putting it online. That would be that would be something else if they did that. Well, and obviously, Andrew, one of the things that it kind of plays into this is kind of the potential ease of doing that, especially if we use all of the technology that is kind of at our fingertips. I mean, people could very well. And there were there. I don't know if they were joking, but people were saying you could be going to a basketball game here in Philadelphia, and they may very well be at some point down the road a place where you can go place a bet on the game in the arena. In the years to come. Yeah, this is the unknown frontier. Maybe Richard knows more than I do. But once that happens, I think uh, this is a terrible pun, but all bets are off. If you talk about just think your imagination can go wild in arena, in stadium, in baseball diamond, betting on the next play, the next basket, the next pitch, the next is Tom Brady going to throw a touchdown in the third quarter? Is is he going to throw three touchdowns in the half? Yeah. You can just go wild with that, and that's going to obviously increase revenues manifold when now instead of just game bets, you're talking about multiple 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 bets a game that you're allowed. This is all going to come down to the regulators and the leagues and what can and can't be bet on, but that's the next frontier. Well, the interesting part, Richard, is the fact that seemingly there have been stories out there for the last few months that the leagues have been going around to some of these states and saying, hey, listen, if this does come down the way that obviously it has now, we want a piece of this. We want 1%. And even at 1%, it becomes a very profitable venture for these leagues. And, but you have to wonder, why would the states give the 1% to the leagues? I mean, I, I, I right. do get a kick out of that. I mean, what do the ki- I mean, it's you know the states can basically what would the the NFL do if if Pennsylvania said no we're not giving you one percent you're going to stop putting the NFL games on Pennsylvania becomes a big question Andrew yeah I mean I totally agree with that and that's why I say the leverage paradigm shifted mm. because now West Virginia Mississippi they're yeah. poised to be next and I'm sure these leagues going to want integrity fees and they're going to. I think the question is, what is the NFL or NBA saying that they need that that to, to get integrity fees? I mean, are they saying you, we've got special information and you can't get it without paying us? I don't know. I mean, I've heard people defend it in saying this happens in Europe where uh, leagues are paid integrity fees. I don't know this. I just it seems to me a, a real tough ask to get money out of states or putting on games that, that they're going to put on with or without you. And the real problem, my last point is, Nevada doesn't do it. So if Nevada doesn't do it, why yeah. would anyone else do it? Yeah. it? It does make you even go back to the to the commentary that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver did, what, about two years ago, about uh, about the, the possibility of seeing this actually play out, Andrew. And obviously the NBA is one of the leagues that uh, seemingly wants to be in here as much as they possibly can. Yeah, I mean, it goes back four years, an op-ed in the New York yeah, Times four years. where he said, let's bring it out of the darkness into the light, which the Supreme Court just did mm-hmm. four yeah. years later. But, and now, you know, whether it was, a, it was an interesting thing in, out of well, business or not, we'll see, but that's where we are. 
Richard? It was an interesting thing in the Financial Times where they had a report where the NFL and the NBA are lobbying Congress to have federal re- to have the feds put the sports regulation and make it state and, and, and have federal regulation. Now, I can't imagine Congress really do, doing this. I don't care how much the two leagues cut because I have a feeling the states right now are just licking their chops of what they think they can get this revenue and then the to turn that over to the federal government, I don't think it's going to go over real well. Well, and then the, the question then is asked, Richard, is if states are starting to go forward with this, what, where is this revenue going to go? Because a lot of people, a lot of people that live in states are going to make sure that this revenue is being put, the, the tax revenue is going to be put to good, to good use. Well, that, that's a whole other question. I mean, and as Andrew was talking about, the whole thing about if if the games, if you're making 40 or 50 points bets on a game in, in, while the game's on, we're going to have an addiction issue that's going to be, uh, yeah. it is it is going to go up. And again, how what, what percentage of the revenue will have to be allotted? To, for instance, in Massachusetts right now, they've allotted 2% of the casino revenue for compulsive gambling. Yeah. Um, whether or not the states, you know, one would hope the states, if they're going to legalize sports gambling and if they're going to be really uh, making it ubiquitous all over the place, then they had better they had better had the means to deal with with the addiction problem, which is which is going to happen. That's for sure. And let me jump in here because I think that's a great point. And we have a bit of a model. Speaking of Massachusetts, from fantasy, so right. DraftKings and FanDuel came on the scene big time three years ago, and then you know then the states brought the heat. And what is this? Is this gambling or not? And the leagues have clearly said it was not gambling because they embraced it. But New York and Schneiderman, who's got his own issues now, but came after those those and and ultimately there was a resolution, and the resolution involved. A lot of geofencing from other states. It involved a lot of protection for consumers in terms of miners, in terms of uh, protecting the minnows from the sharks who are using algorithms to place thousands of bets every night. Uh, and that's that's a model now. So fantasy has provided a bit of a roadmap for what might happen. How do you, how does the NCAA deal with this potentially, Andrew? This is a big issue because yeah. they have been hardline. And the leagues obviously know it was coming. The NCAA has been very hardline, even on fantasy. Even on fantasy. So that's the question. Are they going to take away championships, you know, like their their tournaments, from states that have gambling? That's what I want to see. Richard? I I mean, if you think about it, that's even... um... I mean, will will a state? And I can imagine some states are originally saying, "All right, you can bet on pro sports, but you can't bet on college sports." But I can also see neighboring states saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can do everything you want here." And then, I mean, what do we, you know? I think then the integrity issue really comes up because you can just imagine some, some, you know, uh, you know. People wondering why did that guy miss a one-on-one at the end of the game, right? <laughs> right. And, and and maybe the kid did dismiss it, but there is all now there is you know when people watch the game now, there's going to be integrity issues all over the place, and I you know I, how they deal with that is going to be another whole question because as soon as people don't think these sports are on the up and up, yeah. uh, it's going to be a real problem. 
your reaction to the Supreme Court case uh, potentially allowing sports betting in states across the U.S. right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. We were joined by Andrew Brandt, who you uh, hear and see on ESPN, and also the website, themondaymorningquarterback.com, and also Director of Sports Law at the Center for Sports Law at Villanova University. Also with us is Richard McGowan, who's an associate professor of practice uh, in the finance department at Boston College University. I mean, Richard, when you think about the NCAA, this has been an organization that has certainly had its own uh, troubles that it's been dealing with over the last few years now. And the fact that, uh, you know, it is a multi-billion dollar industry in itself, when you think about the championships that it, it runs... Uh, they are looking at a, a, a lot of potential problems here. Well, just think, the, the most heavily bet uh, uh, three weeks out in Vegas are the March Madness. Yep. And, again, well, I mean, Andrew's real happy for Villanova there. So, But, I mean, it, it, it's going to be, it, 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 again, um, the integrity of the, of, of the game is really going to be something that, that people are going to have to watch because, I mean, and, you know, in certain sports, it, it, uh, I mean, in hockey, all you would do is, if you got the goalie, they'll have a few extra goals in. Uh, and, I mean, I get, you know, but some of the sports are being, be, the integrity issue isn't quite as bad as others, but boy, I'll tell you, you know, um, you know baseball already had its, its big scandal. Um, I mean, the NBA really, I think they, they, when when there when, when there was an NBA referee who who helped throw some games, um, that's um, again I think that that's going to be a bigger problem than than the the, the leagues had uh, better deal with it real well. Andrew, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I there we know there's been gambling on games. I mean, there's an yep. illegal market that's on, mm. anywhere you, know, you read reports of 150 billion uh, in illegal betting, so it's been out there. I think the issue now is we bring it out in the light, we see where it is, and we still have that that worry about integrity. You know, again, we're, we're harping on this word, but there's going to be controls. And we just hope that these controls would flag anything that worried about, you know, that to, to take away that thought of is that he missing that layup on purpose where especially in Europe they you know these low level tennis matches or low level soccer games get a lot of action they get flagged they get taken off the board that theoretically is now going to happen and just to back up what Andrew said there there's there's been talk that one of the reasons why this is a good thing is the fact that the states now will be able to Especially if the states really do control, both the states set up their own betting powers. They'll see what the the amount of money is being bet on the game, and if they see something is you know really out of the ordinary, they can they could put questions right away about why that why that's why it's happening. So um, you know there might be actually there might be some there'll be a, there there are positive things that are right. going to come out of this, uh, and so I mean you know the illegal part of the, the betting is is a, is a real problem. Well, and I, I guess with with all of the the, uh, the the use of analytics and stuff, Richard, the potential of being able to ferret out a lot of those possibilities, I would think, is certainly there already. Uh, and waiting for use, or I shouldn't even say waiting, probably already been used quite often, uh, whether it be in Las Vegas or some of the other entities. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 and that's true. I mean, so, I mean, um, 
you know, it, we, I'm in an institution that's had its, its scandals with with gambling already, yep. Yep. and uh, you know, and we're you know. Actually, I mean, we're not even talking about that much, but the amount of betting, it's illegal betting already going on in college campuses is, is uh, you know, I, I can just tell you it's, it's, it's substantial. And now that, you know, that now that it, it's depending on, again, how the state where, and where you can where you're going to be able to place a bet and if it's going to be online or do you have to go to a casino or do you have to go to a, a lottery ticket outlet that would, you know, I mean, but. Certainly, it's not going to. It's you know setting up the whole thing about was. I guess the Europeans actually have the have the technology all set up and that they can just bring it right over here for us. So it's it's, well, it's kind of interesting. That was going to be my question to you: is that how is it that places like England and Ireland have what we seemingly see as a, a relatively normal part to the sporting piece? Is that obviously you know you have betting on soccer and and, and golf and so many different things over there. Yet we don't hear of and and correct me if I'm wrong. We don't hear of you know, massive scandals involving uh, athletes and the betting over there. Yeah, I think the the sport that, that brings the most uh, worry in Europe, as I'm told, especially right. lower-level tennis matches, especially when you'll get, you know, a big favorite who all of a sudden loses a match and gets out of there, you know, by Monday or Tuesday of the week. And you sort of bring that up. But, again... Uh, there's companies that I don't know enough about, Sport Radar, Genius Sport, mm. uh, that are integrity units. And the NFL, as I understand it, has already has a relationship with Sport Radar. And maybe that went under the wire years ago, but they are preparing for this at some level um, in terms of flagging any, any bets. But, you know, the obvious takeaway is that and what Adam Silver said four years ago, it's better in the light than in the yeah. darkness in terms of what could happen. Governor uh, Chris Christie, who was uh, one of the people that, that pushed the initiative in the state of New Jersey, uh, came out and said that this is something that New Jerseyans have been have been waiting for for a long period of time. Now, Andrew, part of that, I think, is is political speak, even though he's not uh, in, in office right now. Uh, but but realistically, this is I, I don't think this is something that that's states and people that live in states have been looking for for many years now uh in fact i think there there's probably a lot more worry than there is actually looking towards the possibilities of of what might happen yeah i mean look it's doesn't take a genius new jersey was having some issues with atlantic city and yeah. new jersey was having some issues with monmouth park and new jersey was you know like every state wants to increase revenues what about gambling and the process, I mean, listen, Christie is, should be taking victory laps today. Yeah. He started this in 2011 and lost at every level. And in May of a year ago this, this week, for some odd reason, the Supreme Court took the case. And right then and there, I said, as every legal scholar said, they're going to do something. Right. You don't take a case to affirm what's gone on for six years. And lo and behold, he wins. And and it's just something where they stepped out. And now, 
you know, they'll follow Nevada and others will follow them. What do you think, Richard, happens in Las Vegas, in the state of Nevada, which obviously has the, the, the legal gaming? And even though you said, I mean, it's what, 5% revenue of, of all the casinos right now, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's still a, a pretty big piece for them. Oh, sure. And, and I'll grant you, I think it's going to get less for them because I don't, now people aren't going to have to go out to Vegas to, 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 to make their bets. Um, because uh, they're busy couple weeks of the year, March Madness. People love going out there to play the bets and in and yeah. Well, and the Super and Bowl. The other, and the Super, yeah, yeah. Super Bowl is the same way. I still think, you know, Vegas is going to be Vegas, so I, I wouldn't feel too too sorry for Nevada. But, I mean, you know, I, they'll, they'll I mean, again, remember, less than 50% of the revenue now of casino hotels is, is gaming. It's, it's, it's the shows and the restaurants and all that stuff. Now, um, yeah, clearly, it's going. To, I mean, as Andrew pointed out, I mean, whether or not it's going to be able to save the Jersey casinos is, is going to be interesting, or not. And plus, more, if they do, if neighboring states like Pennsylvania and Delaware put it put it online, again, why would you have to go to a Jersey casino to go place to bet? And and that's there's there's the. Uh, it, the how states are going to compete with one another for this revenue is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Right, and, and as we've seen, Richard, with the with the casino industry in general, obviously on the eastern half of the U.S. for the long period, longest period of time, Atlantic City had basically they they had the control on it. But as Connecticut and Pennsylvania and even New York and other states have kind of brought in the casino business itself, they haven't been able to to drive the revenues uh, that they have in the past. I mean, let's face it. Why, when you, there's three reasons why you reg, why a legislature is interested in this. First, an overwhelming number one is revenue. Two, to try to stop the illegal market, which we've been talking about. And three is somehow to control consumption. And and how they do that is going to be very interesting. Andrew, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, listen, uh, the I don't discount the morality issue. I get it. You're going to have people spending sums they don't have. You're going to have people, you know, using rent money. Uh, but we're in a different place. And, mm-hmm. and and the opinion from Alito, Justice Alito, did recognize that. Yeah. It really talked sort of non-legal terms about we're in a different place than 1991 regarding gambling. And it just sort of reminded me of where we've gone with marijuana over the mm-hmm. past 5, 10, 15 years. I mean, I mean, and so the the stigmas have, have have the barriers are really coming down, which may be a good or bad thing. But again, I'm back to that comment: out in the light instead of the darkness. Richard, I mean, just I mean, I I, I wrote an article a couple of years ago, and I compared the fi- last fifty years of the tobacco industry versus gambling. Mm-hmm. I said the tale of two sins. Yeah, and if you think about it, fifty years ago, forty percent of the adult population smoked cigarettes. Uh, you know, you had one state with a gamble, you had one state with casino gambling, and one state with a lot, a little fifty cent lottery once a week in New Hampshire. And you might ask yourself, my God, what has happened in the last fifty years? Now it's down to fifteen percent. Thank God, only fifteen percent of the adult population now smokes. But gambling is absolutely acceptable for the most part. I think, and it's yeah. it's basically people say. I think they operate underneath the ethic. As long you can do whatever you want, as long as you don't harm somebody else. But gambling is is accepted to a degree, Andrew, because we love our sports so much here in this country. And you know, you can there there are many people out there that aren't true sports followers. But then again, there are so many more, multiple times more, that are sports followers that 
and I mentioned this with somebody earlier today, you know, how many times would somebody go out to Las Vegas on a vacation and they'll go through a casino and they'll go past the sports book and they're not a better, but they'll just say, you know what, what the heck? I'm going to throw $5 on an NFL game. I'm going to, you know, and, and those are the people that seemingly could be the most susceptible to be brought into this culture. Yeah, I'm thinking I was out in Vegas in the fall and I just walked by a sports book. And I put some money on the Eagles to win the championship, so that worked out well. Well, yeah, you did I mean, okay. You just made a great point. I've, I've been, when I go out there for conferences, it's interesting. You'll hear people, that when they see a sports book, they'll say, out of loyalty to my team, I'm going to put money on them. I guess the question is, 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 Richard, can this truly be a national business? I mean, obviously places like Las Vegas, probably here in Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, New York, Boston, uh, the, the major metropolitan cities. But will this work in the smaller portions of the United States? Are you trying to tell me that in Arkansas there wouldn't be people spending well, all kinds of money on the, on the, the Razorbacks? Razorbacks yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, um, they're probably doing it already. Right. Yeah. They're doing it already. And so, you know, you know, I'm sure the the, the legislature in Mar- Arkansas is saying, okay, we might as well have, maybe this is the way we'll. I think well, the great ironies will be will they use some of this money, the sports gambling money, to to finally get back more to public universities? That would be interesting if that's what they're going to use the money for. One thing that we need to be cognizant of, and this is coming from people in Nevada that have told me this, right. The actual percentage of revenues from sportsbook compared to overall gaming yeah. is minuscule. Yeah, it is. exactly. I mean, it's it's a fraction. It's a tiny fraction. Gentlemen, great having you with us today. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Richard. Right, thank I you. know we'll talk about this again. Thank you both. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.